let's talk about sex. You're listening to Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, along with Gina Paris. We want to welcome you here. If this is your first time listening, and that would actually be most of you since this is only our second show... We're glad you've stopped by to learn about sex, life, love, marriage, relationships, anything and everything in between. Here's where you can find us. You can go to the web at sexymarriageradio.com, and we'd love to hear from you and get your comments, your feedback. You can also call into our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline at 615-567-3996 or email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So, episode two. Gina, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. When you give so many ways to reach us, you remind me of, of you know, when when someone asks for their phone number, hey, can I call you? And they give you their business card. Yes, here's my And there's all my kinds website, of ways. My cell phone, my page, or my Facebook. Does that come across desperate? Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> that I'm desperate? We're desperate for you to call us. No, that's so that funny. is true. I mean, we want to hear from people. We want to we want to be real and upfront with what's going on in people's lives and practical. It is so true. And even if we did give you our business card with twenty five ways to reach us, you would walk away knowing it's because we really care about you and want to connect with you. And that is a great phone number, and I'm so glad it's been used. It just as a reminder that. Our feedback line, it's 615-567-3996. If you're more of a word person than a number person, like I am, we made it easy to remember. You can just call 615-56-66. Isn't that easier? It has such a smooth tone to it. I know. And the exciting thing is we did have a caller. So it's great. She's got a... Um, topic that, in fact, you and I have talked about a lot of times because sometimes the person in this situation feels sort of like no one's speaking her language, no one's addressing her specific plight. Right. So I'll play the message, and then we'll we'll attempt to give some good answers and some different ways to view this. Absolutely. Hi, my name is Julie, um, and I do have a question. Um, my I want to. My husband and I are really having trouble with our sex life, and it just seems like he never, ever wants to have sex with me. Um, there are times that we that we do try. It seems like I'm always initiating it, and he's not. Um, but when we do try, he doesn't uh, he doesn't keep his erection, and I just don't understand. It, it just seems like he doesn't want to have sex with me. So um, I was hoping that you could kind of help me out and give me give me some ideas of how to understand what's going on with him, and um, and some ideas of maybe what I should do about that. Thanks. Bye-bye. She doesn't say how long, you know, how long they've been dealing with that. Yeah, but this is something I think that happens in uh, more marriages than probably people realize. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because there is, I mean, if you think about it with, with Julie's situation, she's talking about differences in desire. As far as who's who's responsible to initiate and who's responsible to accept or reject, yeah. And then you're also talking about um, the erectile di- difficulties on on his part, which I'm going to be willing to bet 
I, I don't have any basis for this since I don't know Julie or her husband, but I'm going to be willing to bet those are tied together on desire differences on who's, who's high, who's low, because it's pretty easy to not want to initiate sex. If you're going to know you're going to have some difficulty during sex. So, right. And a lot of what we want to help accomplish here is to get rid of any kind of shame or humiliation in anybody's most intimate and private relationship and performance. So uh, understandably, that is humiliating and it's hard once you're in this energy of thinking that things aren't going to work out, really, whether the low desire person is the husband or the wife, if you have a history of it ending in frustration, it's, it is understandably an obstacle. Right. And it's also important, I think, to realize that there are always going to be differences in the level of desire, that there will always be a high and there will always be a low on every single issue in marriage. So this doesn't just uh, relate to sex. It also relates to kids and parenting and money and in-laws and house and saving and everything. I mean, one of, one of you is going to want something more than the other person. And I just don't think it's a realistic expectation to think that we're always going to be on the same page. And when you get tripped up in that, it makes it seem a lot more magnified than it, than it really is maybe. Well, yeah, but obviously if, if we disagree about how clean the house should be, it's less personally intimately hurtful than if, my husband never wants me. Fair point. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, obviously, each different issue carries with it a different magnitude and different intensity. Right. And we have the power to attach the meaning to it. You know, we we attach when, when there's a housework issues or, like you said, money or child rearing, different kind of issues – we are the ones who decide, well, it's not that big a deal. And then when it comes to our most intimate thing, we're the ones who have said, oh, you know, see under the world. I'm so humiliated. This is horrible. I, I walk around feeling rejected. So partly we, we, we're we trying to help you back up and say, all right, there's a bigger picture, you know. I, I, lo so. I love that. The idea of us as uh, humans are the only species on the planet that can make meaning out of the things that happen in our life. And, sure. And meaning is what trips us up and also makes things much more involved and deeper because of the meaning we can attach to things. And so that's a great place to, to at least focus on for a minute or two on just the idea of how, what does sex mean in your marriage? What does sex mean in your life? What does your sexuality mean to you? Because it's, I know as a guy, it's real easy that if I initiate or I propose the idea of sex and it gets turned down, it's real easy. This, and it's probably non-gender issue. Actually, it's probably both. But it's real easy to think, oh, well, that's a whole total rejection of me. When in reality, it might just be a rejection of I just don't want sex at the moment because we're at the grocery store or, <laughs> or, or we're someplace, you know, or I'm just not interested because it's been a really bad day and I'm just not there. And I can take that meaning as, oh, well, then you just don't even want to me and it's over and, and I can go way overboard with it when maybe that's not at all the message, but that's the meaning I attach. Exactly. And, and we've also seen, however, very often in surveys that when a woman is the one who's rejected, however, she's much less likely to initiate to keep, you know, men will keep coming back. 
for well, a season. Yeah, and I think some of that's a design difference because I think men are the ones that are wired to initiate more right? so than women, uh, and that's not a blanket indictment of women, yeah. and they can't initiate because they obviously you can, but I think by design that God designed men to be the ones that initiate that that have the the higher desire, if you will. So in this right. case, with Julie's case, that's what we're talking about goes against the norm. And, mm-hmm. and it's something that's not ever really talked about in a lot of literature that's out there that I know of. It's always stereotypical of the man's the one that's the high desire and the woman's the one that's the low desire. And Yes, if we're a good wife, we'll just do it with our honey no matter what. Yeah, that's not necessarily a great way to go. <laughs> my- <laughs> well, so let's come back to Julie's case here. And uh, so that first thing, the first point that I hear you saying is Corey that it's first of all to to back up so that the sexual issue isn't just overwhelmingly large and realize that in all the areas of our marriage there's desire differences so that's one thing exactly. and the other thing that comes to my mind is that it's not his problem we you know he's there's that humiliation and him feeling like he has a problem and so as a couple when I would think that when he feels so much more secure in her love for him and her desire to be with him and and their happiness together, that it's not his problem that she's trying to rectify. It's it's really their issue together and something that that they believe is worth working on together. Right. It's something they co-create. Yeah. And there's an answer that is co-creatable. Sure. And one of the things on a professional level that it's worth pointing out for Julie's husband is Anytime you're dealing with an ED issue, which, you know, there's, uh, it's a billion dollar industry that, that's, that's cropped up in the past several years. And they've been trying for years to figure out a way to get money out of that whole concept. But anytime there's any kind of an erectile difficulty or even just an arousal difficulty in women, one of the things Avenue's worth exploring is, is the physical components because there yeah. could be some physical thing playing out. And so medical professionals can be very beneficial in that regard. A majority of the time, I think that comes across as a quick fix, and it's not really getting to the root of the issue in the sense of there's actually some dynamic that's been co-created between them that's getting in the way as well. So it's, it's the anxiety, it's performance, it's something that makes it to where it's, it's hard to relax and be in the moment and allow things to just unfold. Okay, so when you're talking to her about um, medical medical issues and the whole industry, do you mean that that's a pretty broad thing that includes heart disease, the medicines we take for heart disease, exactly. depression, the medicines we take for depression? Are, those are actually among the two big libido killers, depression and the medication we take for it. Right. And um, so, so health and then... Um, just hormone levels on yeah. the natural side. And, and the, the, I, mean, I think there's also physical components that it, it sure. could be uh, painful as far as you got back pain or you have, uh, you know, some other circulatory problem or, or some things like that, that all of, you know, our body is so wonderfully designed that it, it feeds off of itself. And so one little thing being off can make a lot of different things not work properly or not work, not work as effectively as it can. And so that's, I just say that as coming at it from my profession as a therapist, it's always important 
to make sure you consult medical professionals just to make sure you're you're taking the best care you can of your of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And Julie, to take care of yourself as well. Your self-esteem isn't dependent on how you read his behavior. Um, but we have the feeling that you love each other. You're still married. You, you make attempts to be intimate. And so steps that you take to actually actually build your connection spiritually, build your connection recreationally, you know, having stuff that's just fun together where you laugh together. Um, la- laughter is a great aphrodisiac, actually, and, and being able to relax it, with no expectation will help. So you're just talking about just spending time together without putting some pressure on what's going to happen next. I would recommend spending time together naked with the expectation that there's no intercourse or no need for. But isn't that why you get naked? I mean, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> but in this case, what, what if we say we're going to practice just skin to skin contact and we're going to practice pleasuring each other um, without any need to perform? There you go. And that's. Sometimes there is just getting more comfortable in our own skin that helps. Yeah. And when you're talking about yeah. a lot of desire differences, because it's it's really hard to put yourself out there, if you will, if right. you're not comfortable with who you are, because mm. it's because it's vulnerable and it's risky and it could be rejected, and that ties into the idea of am I okay in myself enough to be able to still go after some of the things I want, knowing I may not get it. Right. So I'd say on the, on, on the desire differences across the board, whether it's men or women, man, the more that you can connect without, without any expectations requires communication. And, and all of it requires making yourself vulnerable. That's the beauty of sexual intimacy is this whole vulnerability where nobody else goes with us. Yeah, that's the, I, I love the idea that that's the elegance of marriage and the secretness of marriage, that you get to create something with someone else that no one else is a part of except for that one person. Yeah, that's what makes things valuable is yeah. how exclusive they are, yeah. how rare, you know, no one else has access to this secret place. Right. So I'd say the more that you can celebrate what's great and and. And go back, like in the last year, if there was one time even, or or the most recent time that things were great, that something was really clicking, look back to what what was going on, what how were you acting, what was different, and see what you can recreate. That's a straight out of our sports performance world. Okay. <laughs> we recreate what was working uh, physically, how you were breathing, how you're carrying yourself, what you were thinking and committed to. So it works in the bedroom. Okay, so it's it's the idea of I'm trying to I'm trying to capture that I guess in a, in a therapeutic concept because because I understand this is great. Here's just for our audience that's maybe just joining us because Gina comes at this from a performance coach mindset, mm-hmm. and right. I and I come at it from a therapy mindset. And obviously, the 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 norm for therapy mindset is let's dig into the past and let's figure out what's mm-hmm. gone on and let's see if we can he- heal that stuff. I don't buy that. I, I, there's importance to that and there's merit to that always. But I think you can take care of the past retroactively by doing things differently in the present. And yeah. and one of the things that's important is in that process is the idea that sex is a language. 
and and what how we do sex is how we live our life so they're completely interconnected and they completely feed off of each other and so i think it's in, it's it's valuable to realize yeah let's go back and remember the times when it, that have been great cuz that kind of will maybe peak some interest or peak some arousal but it it it's usually not sustainable if i'm always trying to rely on past i've got to create something that's more solid and forward from the moment and in the moment and i back to what you just said earlier of of being naked together and just working to relax while you're naked together that's something you can apply to all your life not not go around naked all the time but but learning how to be more present in every aspect of your life in the moment because we can get so caught up on what's next and oh i got to go pick up my kids next and oh i got to go get this done and i've got to do this and we miss what's going on and unfolding right around us. And we, so in large part, we miss our own life. And when you're talking about sex, you can miss a lot of really good things that maybe would have occurred if you followed the connection together rather than followed a script of, well, this is the way sex is supposed to occur right. or this is the way I want it to happen. Well, maybe your spouse doesn't want it that way. Maybe they want to try something different. And so being willing to slow down, and be present and be comfortable and, and be anxious at the same time and see what unfolds could open some doors that maybe you hadn't even thought of together. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's always, always hope. Your, your future is not dictated by the past. So when we're sitting here talking about the meaning that you apply, you can completely change your past by changing the meaning you apply to it. Right. If you if you decide right now that all everything that's happened up until this morning or up until five minutes ago, it's all a part of your success story and it's all a part of this beautiful love story, then it it can empower you rather than frustrate you. So hold that vision of of things getting better and of being I love that being present with your body. That's a huge thing to let go of your own stress and not put that your stress on your partner. Yeah. And, and the idea of how, so here you go, Julie, this is what comes to my mind. The idea of how to use the differences that are at play in your marriage and how to use this issue. It's, it's not necessarily a problem to be solved. It's a right. part of the dynamic between you. And so one of the things that can be very valuable is to view this as a growth opportunity for both of you, but more importantly for you. Because the, naturally what will occur in a system is when one person changes the status quo or wants to grow or wants to do something different, it puts pressure on the other per person that's involved. It, there's no way around it. Normally, they will subconsciously try to revert it back to the way it was because systems en enjoy homeostasis. That's why nobody likes change. I mean, we all, we all like things to, say, to stay the same to a degree. So when you want to change, it's going to increase your anxiety. It's going to increase the, the, the stress that's in your life for a short time for sure. But you can use this actually as a chance to grow. And Dr. David Schnarch has some great information on this whole concept of, of the idea of holding on to yourself. And he, he is a proponent of and has created these four points of balance is what he calls them. And they are trademarked by him. So I'm giving total credit <laughs> to, to Dr. Schnarch with this. But they are a solid, flexible self, which is the ability to, to be clear about who you are 
and what you're about, especially when your partner wants you to adapt or conform. So for Julie, she wants to be a sexual person and she wants to be involved in that with somebody else. But her husband, maybe he's not interested and there's a lot of different factors maybe on why, but that doesn't change the fact that she wants to be a sexual person. So and somebody else we met outside herself, that someone else is her husband. Well, <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's the idea that if you need to be what you want to be about, and, and learning how to have a solid, flexible self is a tremendous step in that process because it's the idea of this is who I am and this is what I want. And so I'm going to live accordingly. And then a second point of balance is the idea of a quiet mind and a, a calm heart. It's the ability to calm yourself down and soothe yourself when you have all the different hurts and disappointments that are associated with life because we can react to disappointments in a variety of ways. And a lot of them aren't healthy but yeah. if we can learn to know, yeah, I can take the risk, I can take the hit, I can be disappointed, and I can soothe myself, I can, I can still continue to go according to what I hold dear. And then he has the grounded responding as his third one, which is how, the idea to stay calm and not overreact to the situations. So you don't run away when things get bad. You stay put and, and you, st you stick at it because a majority of things in marriage get better when you, when you approach them with an open mind and an open heart. Absolutely. And then the fourth thing is the meaningful endurance. And we've touched on this, on the idea that humans have the ability to, to make meaning out of things that happen. And the things that we really want in our life that we work for are more meaningful. So when we will tolerate things for our, you know, tolerate our own discomfort to grow, we're creating something that is meaningful and has much more value. I mean, I know, Jeannie, you've been married 20 plus years. I've, yep. you know, I've been married 18 and a half, 18 plus years. And I mean, my marriage today, I'm sure I've, I can speak for <laughs> you is, is totally different than yeah. what I thought going in. And it's so much more deeper and valuable because of the work that we've put into it and what we've gone through together to create it. Absolutely. And it, it ebbs and flows, you know, when there's times that it feels a little bit disconnected between us, my first reaction is to to um, be annoyed with Paul. And like you're saying, and I always have to come back to that myself as well and think, what am I trying to get from Paul that, that it's not his to give me, you know, if my self-worth or my value or my exactly. need to feel beautiful, you know, men, if you can make your wife feel beautiful, you're, you'll never lose her. But ultimately that's, that's our own job is to feel great about ourselves. Yeah, and that's the idea of having that solid sense of self. Yeah. That solid, I know who I am, and I know I'm a beautifully, wonderfully made creature. And the the analogy or the story, the statement I use on this idea is, you know, I can do a lot of different things to get my wife, Pam, to have sex with me. You know, I can, I can woo her. I can get her drunk. You know, I, I could do all kinds of different things. I don't think she's ever been drunk in her life, but it's, you know, I could do a lot of different things that, that will get her in the mood, but none of that stuff works to get her to want me. Right. All I can do is present something that's worth wanting and see what she chooses, because that's the, that's the risk and the elegance of marriage that for Julie, she has something she wants. And she puts in a, it sounds like she adds a label or a, a meaning to it of when it's rejected, it's an indictment of her, which of course it hurts. And <laughs> I'm not, I don't diminish that at all, but it's more than just 
what it sounds like, it's more than just sex being rejected. It's her being rejected. When it could have very little to do with her, and it has more to do with her husband's being caught up in his own mind and his own difficulties, and so that's spilling out and, and affecting her. And so, man, it gets so complicated and convoluted then that, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to kind of navigate that. But what can help is, Julie, work on your own self-worth. Work on your own developing of a better self and see what happens. See what see what he chooses. Be Be totally sexy with him. Be totally erotic with him. Be totally sensuous with him if that's what you feel and right. see what happens because you know some of those things have to just play out in a system there's not a quick fix to anything in marriage it, there's a band-aid to things but life you know lasting changes take time and take growth and take work so learning to hold on to yourself is one of the best things you can do and i think yeah. that's what you're talking about too gina of just being being who you are and 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 being comfortable with who you are yeah, and, and so enjoying how you're made, how you're wired, how how your husband is. Well, if if we looked at each other and and always just spoke blessing over each other, spoke the very best, and said, you know, we we just say that we're getting closer and closer all the time. Say our sex life's getting better and better, even if you feel like it's not. I I. You can't even say enough about how powerful it is to start speaking positively to how beautiful your own body is and and um, how beautiful your husband's body is and that he's totally, totally safe without performing. That's that's like releasing a whole lot of pressure and tension right there. Yeah. To, yeah. To just be. Uh, yeah. It feels good. It would, but I think, I, I think also it would – I mean, I don't know, there's part of that that would sound scary, too, because then now I'm I'm going to have to start facing some of my own stuff, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have to start they dealing. They have stuff? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's just, I think that's what we're getting at, though, is, exactly. is, is learning how to be more comfortable as you and as who you are. So that way you can share that with other with whoever you're choosing. Obviously, we are proponents of you, you share that with your spouse. Right. And you don't have as much fear of being consumed or swallowed up by them. Because I think we always get that dynamic of, you know, where, you know, it's that whole idea of, of separateness and togetherness. You know, those two fundamental life forces I think of that we all fight within in life that I want togetherness. I want that thing that only relationships can create yeah. you know the the companionship the camaraderie the support the love the sex the intimacy all those different things but then i also at the same time want my own separateness and want to be able to define who i am and do what i want to do and be who i want to be and i don't want to be a, a, under a tyrant my whole life and so i'm going to go back and forth between those two extremes and when I get close to somebody, I'm going to reach a threshold where all of a sudden I've had enough togetherness and I'm going to seek a way to get some separateness. And most of the time it's really underhanded. But what you're talking about is learning how to make that more overt, I guess, sure. more, more in the open and just say, hey, I'm going to start challenging myself to become more comfortable in myself so that way I can experience and share that with others and share that with my spouse and, and just see what happens. Yeah. The whole, absolutely. If you go through the day 
in with that gratitude and that sensuousness, you know, in touch with your own senses, literally, you will, it's not just sexual, it's sensuous. It's, it's pleasurable. And it's about giving and receiving pleasure. And man, that's where we're saying it's sacred. There's something about that that glorifies your creator. When you just revel in, in what is, instead of being agitated about what is not you know that energy that the mm-hmm. separateness and togetherness coming and going it's it's part of what makes it exciting and risky and vulnerable and and gratifying if there's no challenge then you know who what's the point <laughs> well if there's no i don't know what what pops to my mind when you say that is if there's no challenge it's porn <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say that <laughs> because that's what's depicted you know, that it's just, oh, it's so yeah. easy. It should just come naturally that you can just perform. And that is so far from reality. <laughs> you know, if you've been married any length of time to any of our listeners out there, you know that that's so far from reality. You know that life is different and, and, and it's work. And and marriage is, is work at times. It's, I don't think it's necessarily hard work. Right. That's, that's another show. But it it is, there are some things that you don't know going in that, are part of what um, we have to face and we have no clue about and can't be prepared about that. You know, one of the things that I've read a while back was the whole idea that nothing prepares you for marriage better than marriage. (laughs) You know, I say that nothing. I say that about professional baseball. There's no better place to learn pro baseball than in pro baseball. Exactly. And, and David Schnarch actually had a comment in his newest book of the best marital therapy out there is marriage. Because well, it, that's how it unfolds. And you know what's awesome about marriage, though? I'll say it is like the crucible of self-development. It is the best place to develop into the character of who we really can be as Absolutely. well. So Absolutely. It's, it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's sexy. And that's why we're here with Sexy Marriage Radio. Exactly. And and on a, a higher on a higher scale or a spiritual scale, that's the way I think marriage is designed. I do it's, too. It's designed to help us become better people. That you know, marriage, marriage is a people growing machine, and it, and it, there's a process unfolding. And so, rather than looking at the differences and the things that occur in our marriage as problems, maybe we should look at them as they are actually a process that's unfolding to help us become something better. Awesome! I know, I love it. That's it for us with episode two. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to jump on the web at sexymarriageradio.com. Give us your feedback. You can call 615-567-3996 or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Wherever you are, we hope that you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Let's talk about